0: Thank you for listening to the Raft podcast. This is our first podcast of 2020, and the first since we've completed our rebrand as Raft. In this episode, Andrani, Jeremy, and Alice discuss the reasons why we chose to rebrand, how the process connects to the Raft curriculum, and finally, what we really mean when we say Raft. Enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Caring for the Caregivers podcast. Now, you may have noticed that we haven't posted an episode in a while, and you may have also noticed that the podcast is now named The Raft Podcast. So what's going on? In this episode, we're going to give you an update on all of the changes Indrani's Light Foundation has experienced in 2019, last year, and share some of our personal thoughts around these changes. To get started, we're going to talk briefly about the Indrani's Light rebrand, and how Andrani's light became RAFT, which stands for Resilience for Advocates through Foundational Training. We started the rebrand in February 2019. We began with stakeholder interviews, looking at competitors, looking at conferences that we attended, conferences we wanted to attend, giving all of this information to the marketing company we were using about our languaging, our blog posts, our training, our curriculum, our website, And they took all of that and began crafting together the colors, fonts, images, all of those pieces that represent a new brand. But during this process, they also found that a lot of the stakeholders were getting confused with the name Indrani's Light Foundation. And so with a little bit of discussion and some courage and some doubt and some fear, we entered into a renaming process. And this renaming process, I will admit, I think Andrani will admit, I think the whole team will admit, was not an easy task to undergo. You can follow this entire rebrand process on our new community blog at our new website, raftcares.org. I'll put the link to the first blog post in that series in the show notes so that you can find it and go and read in much more detail and with all sorts of visuals uh, about the ups and downs of our branding process. Now, we didn't just undergo a name change and a brand change from Andrani's Light Foundation to RAFT, Resilience for Advocates Through Foundational Training. We also had some staffing changes. Amy Jaffe, who used to be our head of education and training and one of the members of this podcast, decided to move on from Andrani's Light Foundation and go and help her uh, family business and also going back to school. And so now we have our new director of education and training and new podcast host, Alice Jurgensen. So Alice, do you want to share a bit about yourself and your time with the RAF team?
0: Hi, I'm happy to be here. Uh, this is my first podcast. So I'm excited for this new adventure, Um, being brave today, and as well as a little bit nervous. (laughs) Um, I'll give you some history. I started my career actually as a counselor in a domestic violence agency about 15 years ago, and loved doing that work. We were a team, we were a small team, but a mighty one. And I was always impressed by what my co-workers were doing, going off to the hospital for um, sexual assault visits, and going to the courthouse to get protection from abuse orders, and being on call. There's just an, an incredible amount happening at a domestic violence agency. And from there, I went on to uh, get my master's in social work, and worked in the mental health field for a while as a psychotherapist, and then on to Become a life coach. And that is where I met Andrani, and she was talking about domestic violence. And my ears perked up because outside the field of domestic violence, I wasn't hearing people talk about it. And she had this lovely organization, and you could volunteer and go into domestic violence organizations and support the advocates and staff. And I said, Sign me up. So I came on board uh, in 2015. And sounds strange to say, but really delighted to be back and working with the people that are doing this tremendously hard work and excited that I could support them um, in this way with this curriculum. And I wish that I had had this when I started out in this field. I have a big heart and I didn't have the boundaries that I needed to be able to take care of myself at that time. So I've sort of come full circle. I'm happy to be here.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Alice. And just so everyone knows from 2015 until 2019, Alice was one of our volunteer trainers and you can go to the new raftcares.org website and click on the volunteer section. If you would be interested in joining our volunteer team in training advocates at domestic violence and sexual violence organizations in 2019, Alice then joined us as our director of education and training. All right, so now that I did that introduction and realized that I didn't actually introduce myself, let's start with the actual welcome and introduction. So my name is Jeremy Miller. I am the Director of Operations of Raft, and I am also one of the hosts of the podcast. Uh, We also have Indrani Garati with us, who is the founder of Indrani's Light Foundation and now the founder of Raft, and Alice Jurgensen, the Director of Education and Training for Raft. And so today we're gonna each take some time to talk about some aspect of the changes that happened in 2019 and what that meant for us and maybe throw some teachings in. And we're just gonna kinda let each of us reflect on this in our own way. And I think it is only suitable to begin uh, with our founder, Indrani. So Indrani, do you wanna talk about your reflections of 2019 and everything that changed?
2: Thank you, Jeremy. (laughs) Well, if you guys could see my face, when I reflect on the beginning of this name brand, my eyes are like deer in the headlights. And I remember (laughs) looking at some of those first names they sent out and thinking, but people are having trouble with Indrani's light. How are they going to know what a Danish word (laughs) sounds like? Anyway. Before I get into there, let me tell you what the whole rebrand actually made me do and made me realize. I came to this country when I was 21 and I said, I'm Trinidadian. I came to Texas when I was 31 and I said, I'm from New York because that's where I lived before. I still say I'm from New York all these years later I no longer really reference Trinidad that much. And the rebrand made me realize that what was happening was yet another turn of the wheel. When I had my first child, I was his mom. When I had my second child, I was the mom of two children. They went to school, nobody knew my name. It was, oh, this is so-and-so's mom and uh hi so-and-so's mom when indrani's light was being changed i felt like i was losing another child nobody refers to me as so-and-so's mom anymore just as indrani and i began to think of myself as well at least i have indrani's light That's something I birthed, that's something I brought into the world despite many people who said it couldn't happen. And now we are getting evidence that the name is not working. If the name is not working, does it mean that I was not smart enough to name it in a different way? And I had to work through that. And the way that I worked through that is I went back to a process that I have been using for 10 years with gratitude. I had to force myself to go back to the beginning of Indrani's Light and force myself to write everything I was grateful for because Indrani's light was in the world. So here we are at 2019, and I get a lovely text from Jeremy saying, I think we've decided as a team to rebrand, and that means a new name. How are you feeling about it? And if it's too much, we don't have to do it. I don't know if I ever told Jeremy publicly how much that meant to me. It gave me permission to feel. It gave me permission to be sad because somebody else in the world realized that it could be emotional for me. As a team, we threw ourselves into the (laughs) rebrand. And the journey was quite interesting and funny and annoying and many other words could be used to describe it. And together we came upon RAFT. And RAFT made a lot of sense because in the name was everything we did, resilience for advocates through foundational training. We never have to explain anymore. When we decided on the name and we got all the materials together, something else happened to me that I did not expect. Since my name was no longer out there with the foundation work, I could take my name back. I could take my name and I could focus on another segment of society still talking about domestic violence. So now I have two jobs. I can speak as a raft person, and I get to speak as Indrani Guradia, to corporate leadership now. I didn't see that coming. My piece of advice here is this. If you find yourself in a life change that you didn't want, you didn't initiate, you really didn't see it coming, I invite you to sit back and remember a time when you went through something similar Like I said, you know, my kids grew up and I was no longer just their mom. Go back to a time when you were resilient, when you stood tall again, when you thrived. And write down all the good things that you did, not that other people did for you, but the things that you did to make that happen. And look at those things that you did and ask yourself, how can I bring those same skills to bear on this current challenge? I bet you, you will be surprised at how deep your well of resilience is. Going through and looking at your history will bring empathy to your situation and empathy allows you to tell yourself the truth with your mind and your heart, and that truth gives you courage. You will be kind and compassionate to yourself because you will be acknowledging your own vulnerability. And when you do that for yourself, you are giving yourself the strength to do it for others. There was no way that I could continue to beat myself up and show up for someone else who was going through something similar. So thank you, Indrani's Light. Thank you, Raft Cares. Thank you to the team. Thank you to Rethink for shepherding us through this process. And thank you to me. Thank you to Indrani for coming out and recreating my voice yet again. Jeremy and Alice, I invite you to jump in and uh, see if this uh, brought up anything for you.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, thank you Andrani for sharing that. The piece that I think really shows the resilience and is an example of of using that empathy with yourself and, and building that resilience is just recently I had another email to send to you and our social media team asked if they could close down the Indrani's light Facebook page. And I said, okay, well, you know, this is, could be a very, another emotional step, another hard step for Indrani. So let me send her an email. Let me talk to her and, and we'll start the process. I'm not sure how long that will take. And I sent that email to you worded very similar to the renaming email. You know, here's the Facebook page. It's causing confusion. Are you okay if we take it down? We don't need to. And I got an email response back almost immediately saying, "Yep, take it down. And so that showed me that the process had changed from the beginning of the rename when you were having all those feelings that you've used the empathy, you've used the resiliency tools. And this part of the change, I think, I can't speak for you, but I think was much simpler to kind of close the door on that Facebook piece of Andrani's Light Foundation.
2: Jeremy, thank you for remembering that. Because closing down the Facebook page, I had absolutely no angst about it, none. And I think it's because I allowed myself to have all the feelings mm-hmm. for the other thing. Yeah. How about you, Alice? Anything coming up?
0: Yes, I had. Uh, I heard you say your truth gives you courage. Yeah. I think the word that came to me right before truth was your truth gives you courage. We can very easily, if we don't have our boundaries in place, think that someone else's truth is our truth. So it's getting clear about what our truth is and then using that to go out and do something brave and courageous. So thank you for saying that. Thriving requires that we be courageous.
2: Yeah, and it requires that we feel and it requires that we're sad and it requires that we're honest with ourselves and others. Thriving means we're fully human. It doesn't mean we're happy all the time and, oh, my gosh, everything's great and nothing is ever wrong. That is not what it is. It means feeling it all. That's right. And thank you, for, thank you both for bearing with me as... We went through this, and, and I know the name is making it easy for everyone.
1: Yeah, and that's a, I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but next, uh, we are going to hear from Alice. So Alice, why don't you take the mic and uh, talk about your talk?
0: Yes, I thought it would be important to talk about what RAFT, meaning Resilience, Advocates, Foundational, and training what that means to us and how we're kind of viewing that. So it's resilience for advocates through foundational training. So let's start with resilience. The American Psychological Association talks about resilience in this way. It's the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats of significant sources of stress, It means bouncing back from difficult experiences. And I love this part. Resilience is not a trait. It involves behaviors, thoughts, and actions that can be learned and developed in anyone. Advocates, this is something, um, since I actually started here in 2015 as a volunteer, how do we talk about the people that we're looking to support in domestic violence and, and sexual violence shelters. How, how, what are we labeling them? <laughs> because it could mean different things depending on, on where you are. When I worked, I was a counselor at the domestic violence agency, and then we had other people that were, their title was advocates. So one of the things that, that we've tossed around a lot in, in our conversations as a team is how do we want to go forward? And we landed on advocate. And how we see that is, everybody working at a domestic violence or sexual violence organization we want to support all everyone there we want to support their well-being that's what advocate means it's not just the people doing just that job and then the next is foundational this is another word that we we kind of played around with and we believe that being resilient and taking care of yourself is at first an inside job meaning you must become aware of your internal world. It requires that you be aware of your boundaries so that you don't spend all of your energy, let's say, helping family members that don't really want to help themselves. <laughs> or noticing if you're feeling guilt or if you're feeling shame. Because discerning those, right, if these are feelings of guilt or these are feelings of shame, is going to help you um, get sort of the help you need. Those are two different directions you're going in. So it's first being aware of your internal world. So it's foundational. It's internal. It is fundamentally about caring for your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs. It's not a luxury to take care of yourself. It's the foundation by which you do everything else. And lastly, training. Training means we travel to the organization organization and we have a one-day or two-day training that we offer. The one-day training is a shortened version of the two-day. They're not two separate things, so it's, it's the same uh, information, just condensed, um, or, or portions, I should say it's not all the same, but portions we leave out that we, that we can't get to on the, on the one day. So that's what we mean by resilience and advocates and foundational training. And the last thing I wanna add Because as we talk about resilience, there's a portion of this that is all about self-care. And I thought it might be helpful to, it's a word we toss around a lot, right? But what does it really mean? And so the Oxford Dictionary says this about self-care. The practice of taking action to preserve or improve one's own health. The practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness, in particular during periods of stress. And we all know that working in DV and SV organizations can be extremely stressful.
2: So self-care is as important as the job you're doing. Alice, it's spot on. It is spot on. And I'm happy that you also used the word thrive. I think a lot of people think of victims as survivors. But I think if you are alive and you, you're managing, you're thriving. And there are levels of thriving. So you can thrive on a one or a three or a 10. And a 10 is where we're all shooting. Thank you for, for your words and for your, your compassion with those words. And I hope everybody listening can really see and feel how much we care about this work and why we're so invested. Thank you again.
1: Yeah, for me, the two things stood out, Alice. One was in the definition of resilience and the fact that it's an ongoing process that requires time and effort. And I think that's what we need to realize and the advocates that we're working with need to realize is there isn't one thing that you're going to do and build resilience that lasts the rest of your life. And that, in fact, what some of the research shows is that if you can have manageable and acceptable levels of stress in your life, that is actually required to build resilience. It's when we have unmanageable or traumatic levels of stress that overwhelm us that we break down our goal in the work that we do with our advocates is not to eliminate the stress or the compassion fatigue that they're experiencing. It's to help them make it a manageable level so that they build resilience to it so that the next time something happens with that greater resilience, that stress is even more manageable. And so I think that idea of it being an ongoing process that is going to take time and effort is really important. And the other piece that I think is important is that as we listen to our advocates and our organizations, one of the things we have realized is that our curriculum does focus on that internal work very much at the moment. But we're also learning that resiliency is dependent on outside resources, like the leadership of the organization, like their supervisors, Your family, your friends, having skills to deal with the work that you're doing. And so there's these outside pieces as well that will improve advocate resiliency. And so now as an organization, because we have a high value of adaptability and wanting to impact the people that we serve, we're now looking at expanding some programs into looking at the leadership and supporting the leadership of these organizations and the supervisors so that they can do a better job supporting their advocates from the outside so that that internal work the advocates are doing, the internal work that the supervisors are doing are also supporting each other externally. And so that's an exciting new direction that I think we're going in. And so I'm really glad that you brought that up in your your section. So thank you.
0: I would just like to add one small thing that building resilience doesn't have to be complicated or time-consuming. Because I think it might feel sometimes like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this already really hard thing, my job, and now I have to focus on building resilience. I think it's important to say it doesn't have to be complicated or time-consuming to start that process.
1: Right. So I'm going to talk a little bit about communication. And this actually came up, that the way that I'm going to express this didn't come up until our annual general meeting that we had in January with the board. And we were talking about the rebrand. And I realized as I was explaining the rebrand to the board that the reason the rebrand was having such an impact on how I talked about our work was the way it had changed the way I communicate Raft to the people that I'm talking to. So before, when I used to go to a conference or I was at a party or I was talking to somebody on the phone and I said that I worked for Indrani's light foundation. The next question they always asked was, well, who is Indrani? And I would start explaining who Indrani was. And then I would move on to our mission and talk about the work that we did. Since we've changed our name. Now, when I tell people that I work for raft and I then say resilience for advocates through foundational training, The next question they always ask is, oh, well, what kind of advocates do you work with? And so although I love explaining who Andrani is and her passion for the mission and our vision, that question is taking me more directly towards what I want to talk to that person about and explain the work that we do and the impact that we have. So that really made me realize at that moment, even though I was happy with the rebrand and the rename. In the first moment when that happened, that's when I really realized that the hard work we put in was worth the change to the name RAFT, Resilience for Advocates Through Foundational Training. That clear communication is so important, not just with the work that I do, but with the important people in my life. And so what that made me realize is that if I'm communicating to somebody and I'm talking to somebody, my wife, my son, one of his friends another fr- you know anybody that I'm communicating with and I tell them something and the next thing they say to me or the next question they ask me is completely off topic from what I was talking to them about then I wasn't communicating clearly you know if I am talking to you for a minute or 2 minutes and explaining something and the next thing you ask me is is has nothing to do with what I just explained I think we can default to thinking, well, that person's just not listening. But the rebrand has made me reflect on that and say, no, no, you know what? That probably means I didn't make my statement clear. And so the little tool I think that comes out of this that I think can be useful is that whenever you're talking with somebody, so the next time you're talking with someone and you've been communicating to them for a little bit and they ask you a question, and if that question or the action that they take or what they talk about next isn't following in the right direction, think to yourself how you can communicate what you're trying to say a different way and more clearly because I think it's, it's become more obvious to me now that I used to default to that person wasn't listening. And now I'm looking more internally and saying, no, what did I say that didn't make that clear? As you listen to the podcast uh, in the coming months, as you go back and listen to past episodes, so many of the tools in our curriculum are about clarity with your communication. So when we talk about boundaries, when we talk about saying a positive no, when we talk about using positive psychology, your values and your strengths to get clear on what you want, that's going to make your communication to others so much clearer so that when they ask you a question or you send them away to do an action or to do something, it's going to be the right thing because you're communicating clear. Any thoughts on that, Allison and Johnny?
2: Wow, Jeremy, that was like blowing my mind brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I want to think people aren't listening, because I'm so amazing as a, as a communicator, right? But, <laughs> but I'm not so amazing as a communicator. A lot of times when I'm speaking, sometimes I'm not sure about what I'm saying. And I keep talking thinking, aha, they're, they're gonna get it because I'm using a lot of words and they can see my face and the tone of voice and I'm confusing myself. So yes, If the follow-up question is not about the content and if I have to add on to that, well, Andrani, you were confusing yourself a little bit, then I have to apologize to that person and say, let me fall back.
1: Alice?
2: Yes, what
0: um, what struck me is um, getting clear about what you want. I think so often we might jump into a communication not even clear about how we might really feel about the topic. I'm trying to think of an example. I can't, but that really struck me about first getting clear about what we want. I don't think we always give our, ourselves permission to sit and think all the way through something. So clear about what we want, clear about what we'd like the outcome to be, and then communicating that clearly. I think you don't have to work on, on the communication of it if you're, if you're already clear uh, internally. So it's, it's giving pause getting clear and moving forward. So thank you for that.
1: Awesome. And I think the one thing that really jumped out that you said, Andrani, was tone, getting clear on your tone. And I think that that is something for all of our advocates out there. And I know for me, since I've done so much work with empathy and how to communicate that and how to be an active listener, I forget sometimes that other people in my life don't have all of that training. And so they will say something that should be clear, but their tone is so off. And I start thinking, well, what did they really mean? Like that, that, the tone of their voice did not convey properly what they are saying. And I think that's part of communication that we forget about. And it's part that those of us who do think more about it have to realize that other people are not necessarily thinking about it. So it's very, tone is a very complicated concept, I think. And so I I was happy that you brought that up, Indrani.
2: Another thing is is what you just said. We do this 24 seven in our professional lives and in our personal lives. And most people in the world never think about it. No. So it's not fair for us to expect them to speak a language that they have never learned and we have to be more um, more k- kinder and more patient and ask, when I said Mary had a little lamb, what did you hear?
1: Mm, right.
2: Yeah. I, I heard a nursery rhyme, but that's not what I said. You interpreted that Mary had a little lamb as a nursery rhyme. What if I was really saying there was a person named Mary and they had a little lamb, <laughs> right? So <laughs> it's a... The interpretation and the the cultural overlays and the everything, the everythings make such a big difference. And so maybe in 2020, all of us will learn to ask, when I say Mary had a little lamb, what did you hear?
1: Yeah, I think that's actually a great follow-up question to insert into a conversation if you feel that a conversation is going sideways or not in a direction that you want it to, you know, stop, wait a sec. What did you just hear me say? Cause I don't think it's what I meant.
2: And, and Jeremy to interrupt a conversation that's going sideways is a very courageous thing to do because I know I want to feel that, well, my, my direction is the right direction. So if it's going sideways, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And there is no fault. We have to serve the content of the conversation. And if it's going sideways, neither the content or anyone in the conversation is being served.
1: All right. Well, it sounds like we may have some, some more to talk about this uh, <laughs> in future episodes. Cause I think this is a very interesting topic, but for now, Uh, I want to thank Alice and Indrani for this first podcast episode of 2020. Uh, We are glad to be back. We are excited to be rebranded as RAFT, Resilience for Advocates through Foundational Training. Uh, All of the previous podcast episodes will still be available and... Hopefully, once you listen to this episode, this gives you an understanding of why those previous podcasts referred to themselves as Caring for the Caregivers podcast. The new ones will all use that Raft branding. Same great content, same content that we're growing and learning and adding to with our meditations, with our scenarios that we cover. Sometimes we do book reviews and and talk about books that we've all read. There's all sorts of different content coming your way in 2020. So keep an eye out on our website, raftcares.org under the podcast tab to listen to all of those past, present, and future podcasts, or you can find it on iTunes or Google Play Music. At the actual website, if you go to our website and you're interested in learning more about our free training, you can sign up to receive more information about our trainings either on the advocate page or the organization page. Or you can send us an email at info at We are also going to be trying some new pilot projects this year with some virtual online leadership training for leaders of sexual violence and domestic violence organizations, as well as some of our course content virtually online instead of having to travel to locations and teach at domestic violence and sexual violence organizations. So all sorts of new stuff coming your way. Uh, we hope you continue listening, and we can't wait to put another episode out in February. So thank you, Alice and Androni.
2: Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Raft Podcast. You can email us at info at raftcares.org and anonymously share your own questions or challenging situations to be answered on the show. If you would like to learn more about our free trainings, send an email to info at raftcares.org. You can also sign up for our free advocate resources on our website. Click on the link for domestic and sexual violence advocates, and be sure to look at the website for upcoming virtual training opportunities. If you have any questions, you can email our team at info@raftcares.org. We hope this podcast has been a source of support and comfort to you in the amazing work you do in this world. We see you.